1: Welcome to A View From The Bullens, in partnership with the Fitzrovia Bell London, our official away day pub for all Evertonians. And fanscapes.co.uk, made by fans for fans.
2: Hello and welcome to another episode from A View From The Bullens, with me, Mick Kemp, Lee McLean, Ben Stanley, Kevin Ratcliffe, and our guest this evening is Warren Bradley. Guys, I don't even know where to start with this one. Everton nil, Sheffield United one at Goodison Park. Lee, season over.
1: Oh, absolutely. Season over, Mick. Um, If it wasn't before tonight, it absolutely is now. That was absolutely embarrassing. That's the only word that I can think of that in any way sums that performance up. It was embarrassing. We've just made one of, if not the worst, sides. Ever to play in the Premier League, maybe not the worst, but up there in the top five. Look like 1970s Ajax. They were, you know, it, it was, it was shocking. I'm, I'm lost for words. I don't know what I've just sat and what, what have we done in a previous life to deserve that to sit and watch that tonight? It was turgid. I suppose it's fitting that our hopes should end at home like that after the season that we've had and the amount of disappointment we've had at home. It was always going to end like that, but ultimately, we don't deserve a thing out of the season, you lose eight games at home in the manner that we have against the opposition that we have, then you can't say, say with any degree of seriousness that we deserve any sort of rewards at the end of it. That was awful. Absolutely terrible. And it, people are, are fast starting to lose patience now. Um, I'm, I'm looking at my Twitter feed and, and the consensus is, is pretty much the same from everyone. I think I can only recall what two two chances there tonight created at home to a side that's lost 15 out of 17 away games this season. Before tonight, I'm not even going to I'm not even going to sit here and try and defend them and say we should have had a, we, yeah we should have had a penalty in the first half. Doesn't matter, you know. I'm not going to embarrass myself by sitting here and saying we deserve. I, I would have felt sorry for Sheffield United had we have equalized in, in the in the dying stages there because we, we we wouldn't have deserved it. Um. I'm 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 gonna leave the Ancelotti debate to, to others who are gonna follow me. Um, I know what I think, but I'm gonna wait and see what everyone else thinks. I'll, I'll I'll hold my opinions back until a bit later. But we we've just made championship players like David McGoldrick, Baldock, Basham, others look like whale beaters against us. They had a field day. I'm sorry, Mick. I, after what I've just watched, I'm I'm sitting here. I'm angry. I'm furious. But it it, it's, it was predictable. I saw it coming. We could have played until tomorrow night and never scored. Absolutely terrible. And I expect better from Everton Football Club. Absolutely disgraceful.
2: Ben, we've had plenty of lows this season, but nothing tops this, does it?
4: An absolute disgrace from top to bottom. The club, the mentality, the players, the, the recruitment have a team full of losers at Everton Football Club at the moment. It's an absolute joke. Sheffield United... As you said, Mick, on Twitter, scored 18 goals all season, lost 15 out of 17 away games. Come to Goodison Park and take the Michael out of our players. They put effort in, they fought for one another, they had an identity away from home, and they battled for one another. I didn't see one player there tonight put a shift in, work for the shirts, work for the jersey, work for the football club. A disgrace, as Lee's rightly put it. I'm absolutely furious. You look at yesterday in the FA Cup final, Leicester came when we came fifth that year with 72 points. They spent 11 years outside the top flight in the premiership era, and they've just won their second major trophy in six years while we've sat on our backside spending half a billion pounds and gone backwards. How? I, I just don't get it. They've just won in the football club, good on and off the field. And I was thinking, right, tomorrow we're going to put it right, we'll be kicking on We're going to get our European slot sorted. And that happens today. I'm fed up. I'm fed up with the players. I'm fed up with the club. I'm just sick of it. As soon as I've seen that team selection tonight, and no disrespect, a lot of people, a lot of people out there prefer that formation. You can't be putting eight players behind the ball at home for Sheffield United. It doesn't work. There's no identity. It works away from home because we're inviting pressure and we can break in the fullbacks and get in and behind. But teams come to Goodson and sit they nick a goal. Uh, as soon as they scored, I wrote in the WhatsApp group, game over. It was done because we all knew what was coming. We were never going to score. We sit in and we don't go forward. We've got no pace to go in and around. We can't break teams down. We were so deep at the back and then uh, he tried to change at a half time, but he brought on players who, again, not quick enough, can't get on the ball, can't get behind, can't make things happen. We haven't got players that can generate something when teams are sitting back. We haven't. There was no fight. There was no game plan. There was no identity. I I don't understand what we were trying to do in the first half. It changed a bit in the second half, but even it was shambolic. I'm absolutely furious, Mick. That performance was reprehensible, repugnant. It was disgusting and an absolute shambolic to the badge and the club that we support. It's not good enough. It really is not good enough. And the manager, Mick, I know Lee's touching it there, can't get away with it. I still stand by him, still brilliant manager. But that team selection and tactics today was shocking. What do we do all week? What do we do Monday to Friday to pull out a performance like that? For me in the first half, they had no idea, no imagination, no clue what they wanted to do. It was all very lethargic, back foot. The players looked already on the beach, on holiday somewhere. They weren't bothered. They weren't, they weren't pushing on for Europe. And to be honest with you, it's probably, it's probably a good thing. Because we can't even put a performance one once a week at the moment, Mick. We can't turn up another weekend and put a performance in. Imagine having to sit through us twice a week. I'd be in an early grave. You got players like Mason Holgate putting it for show. He like did his arrogance again, shocking. Richarlison since the Anfield Derby has been completely space jammed. I don't know what is going on with him at the moment. Doesn't look interested. Has as has someone come in for him? Has the deal been agreed elsewhere? Because he doesn't look bothered. And that's what uh, the fight is completely, completely gone from the whole team. I'm just, as you can see in my voice, I'm absolutely raging with that performance. They've just come to Goodison Park, not just beat us, but force us again. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the club. And I just want to bring on August. I'm, I'm done. The season's done for me. Get the summer out the way and bring on August because I'm finished this year. It's a disgrace. Kev, where do you
2: sit with this result? You know, is it people are blaming Carlo Ancelotti for the tactics, the way we set up, and then other people are blaming the players? Is it a combination? I mean, two clean sheets at home this season. You know, we're meant to be quite a defensive team, but we're not keeping clean sheets at home. And going forward, it's it's abysmal, isn't it?
0: You know, it's where do you start? Um, Well, First, I've got to say, I've learned a few new words from Ben tonight. (laughs) That was uh, quite a a rant, really. Um, But, Rightly so. I mean, everything about tonight's game was shocking um from back to front. I think maybe Pickford was up the only one really that you could say you know, that you you would say that give a performance. Um he was there when we were needed him. It could have been two nil down if it wasn't for him. Um, great save. But I just thought all about the the whole performance was shocking. Um, you know, centre backs trying to pass it straight. Um Getting intercepted, then they're breaking on us. Uh, I, you know, the the one thing we've got to realise is that when we haven't got the ball, we're playing with ten men because Ro- Rodriguez is just no use no ornaments. Um, when when we've not got the ball, he doesn't know where to do, go. He doesn't know how to tattle. I mean, you've seen him get booked there. I mean, they're shocking tattles. You know, he's not even going for the ball. Um, you know, how, how he thinks he's going to get away with it, I just do do not know. But like I said you know, before we come on air, that, um, you know, we're playing playing with no pace in the side, in the wide positions. We change it half-time. The two lads that come on got no pace. We then change another couple of players um, through the second half, uh, Gomez and, and Bernard, no pace. So, you know, when we start off with the team that we start, um, and we did against Villa, with no p- pace in wide positions, um, you know, where are the where are the lads with pace? You know, in and around the squad, there isn't any. You know, our recruitment has absolutely been shocking, and we're looking at the manager to try and turn it around. But it's the same players that we've had for a couple of years, and I, I'm just looking at them and I'm thinking, you know, I, I, I'm not blaming these players. I'm blaming, I'm blaming the recruitment of whose decision was it to sign them. Right, you you can't blame you know agents and things like that. The agents are doing the job by getting the players a club, and unfortunately, they're getting them to our club. Yeah, it's just it's beyond me. As you can see, I'm a bit annoyed, I've been a bit annoyed about that for a long, long time. Um, you know, and they they just can't keep getting away with it, you know, because it's draining the club. How how long can Mishuri keep pumping money into the team? Um, and not getting what he wants or what he's looking for. Um, But tonight was like the icing on the cake. It summed up our season at home. Um, And I'll tell you this, them players have got to be thankful that there are no supporters in the ground because they would be venting their anger tonight Um, at the players, at the management. Because at, at times in this game tonight, it looked as if the lads hadn't been coached. And, you know, things they were doing Did they do that on the training field? Well, I wouldn't have thought so because if they did, they wouldn't be playing. Um, It it just seems a different way they're going about things at home than they are away from it. I think it suits us when we're sitting deep away from home and then we break it to to, uh, sides. But when we're at home, we haven't got that guile. We, We haven't got that quality. We're looking at Rodriguez to really pull something out of the bag. Uh, And when he's not doing it, really, there's nobody else. There's no midfield players going beyond the strikers. I think in the first half, I can't remember a midfield player going beyond the striker. We've not got a midfield player that can do that. Um, And when we have got a player that can do that in Ziggardson, we're playing him left wing. You know, Ziggardson's come into the team or into Everton Football Club. and, And for a year or two, when he was at the football club, he was wasted. You know, at the, you know, most probably at his best time, uh, when, he's, when he's fresh and when he's fit and when he's at his best, we've been playing him on the left-hand side and he's really been drained uh, away from where he was most probably his powerful, most powerfulness um, by playing as a number 10. You know, he would get beyond a striker, he would gamble, but now he's at the wrong age to do that. I just, I like I say, it's just beyond me that what we've been doing um, off the field um, and, and behind the scenes, the setup. So, this summer is going to be a massive summer for me, or there will be massive questions being asked.
2: Warren, you, you know, touching on what, what Kev's just said there, even so, recruitment's maybe been poor. You look at the starting lineup today and you think, you know what, there's more than enough in this Everton team to put. With all due respect, a, a very poor Sheffield United team to the sword. You know, before today's game, Sheffield United have played 17 away and lost 15, uh, and they've only scored 18 goals all season. So it's totally unacceptable, isn't it? Tonight,
3: uh, I am. I feel absolutely gutted, uh, sick to the belly of it. It's you know, all of us are, are, are saying exactly the same thing. But it's not we 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 haven't just started saying it. We've been saying it for two or three seasons. I'd refer us back to our first five games this season, and we said we had no we, we've got no pace now. Those same players were playing football for us with pace, they were moving that ball quick, it was two touch football. Everyone on the park wanted a move, they were finding space. I watched it tonight. And nobody, when Coleman got the ball down that right-hand side, there was nobody moving for him. And then Coleman becomes the scapegoat because there's nowhere for him to put the ball unless he goes backwards. And that is just not good enough. And I think, you know, Kev's absolutely right. Tactically, Everton haven't got a clue. They try and play the same style of football at home and away against the good teams, against the bad teams, against the indifferent teams. You cannot do it. You've got to have a different game plan. And you know what? Five across the back against Sheffield United tonight. We went one down in the first seven minutes. That that should have been changed. He should have gone 4-4-2 or even 4-3-3. What happened to Josh King? I haven't seen that he was injured. Why wasn't he on the bench? Why, Why isn't he getting a chance? These are all the things we've got to be... You know, Evertonians are continually asking these questions. And management just aren't answering them. The coaching staff aren't answering them. Kev's absolutely right. What did he do during the week? Because when they come out, it's like watching a gang of 11 year olds who turn up every Sunday to play a game of football, a friendly game of football. There's no fire in the bellies. There's nothing. I, I really, the good players are being dragged down. And those two tackles from James Rodriguez tonight, I think he was absolutely fed up. I think he said, I've had enough of this. I'm on my own here. I want to go off. So we've put two ridiculous tackles in, in dangerous positions. And lo and behold, Ancelotti drags him off and brings Bernard on. And what did Bernard do? What does Bernard do every time he comes on? Absolutely nothing. We've got too many players that come on and cannot change the game. You watch the the poor sides in the Premier League. You watch the mediocre sides. They make a substitution and it changes the shape of the game. Everton cannot change the shape of the game. or the coaching staff can't. You know exactly what teams are going to do. They're going to come and do what we do away from home. Sit deep, get a goal, and then sit even deeper. And Everton Football Club, for the last two seasons, have done exactly that. How many times have you scored more than one goal in the game? And I've got to look at Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin. They're playing as individuals. They're not playing together. They, they can't hold the ball up to invite the midfielders on. Yet yeah, we haven't got the pace. But you've got to have strikers who, are, who have the ability to hold the ball up. Callum Wilson gets that ball and he holds it to those midfielders are with him. He he, he taunts them to come and play with him. Calvert-Lewin never does that. He flicks it, he falls over. Richarlison doesn't even get near it. Uh, Exactly right, Uh, what Ben said. What's Richarlison's game at the moment? Has he had his head turned? Is he on his way? If he is, show him the door because... I want players who want to play for Everton Football Club who are full of the passion that the fans have got on, on the terraces because that's what we deserve. You know, it, it's just unforgivable. Those 10 outfield players tonight just should, should. I mean, it's easy to say shouldn't get paid. Of course, they'll get paid and you know that. But, you know, in the old days, they wouldn't have got paid for that performance. And Ancelotti, when Godfrey took that shot and he looks at him and says, why, why, why? Is there a breakdown in communication between coaching staff and the players? Are the players stronger than the manager? These are all the questions that need answering for Evertonians. And you know what we say, roll on August, roll on next season. But unless something changes dramatically at the club, we're going to be 12 months further on and be saying, roll on August, roll on September, because we've just faced another 10 months of torment from footballers who really, don't care as long as they're getting paid.
2: Lee, you know, this sort of problem, especially at home, it's been ongoing all season. And, you know, Everton Football Club, they pay Carlo Ancelotti and his staff and all the coaching staff, you know, probably a very good sum amount of money. Where do you sit with this now? There's a lot of fans now probably saying, you know, Carlo's not earning his corn. The players are letting Carlo down. Carlo should be getting more out of this current crop of players. So where do you sit with this?
1: To answer your question, um, I think Kev's spot on. As much as Ancelotti could have done more, he got tonight wrong, he's got other games wrong, he's been far from perfect. Sometimes, I agree, they they don't look coached. I'm I'm struggling to identify what's going on during the week. What what are they working on? What's the game plan? Because to me, it just looks like we put 11 players out on the pitch and just hope for the best. Um, So, yes i i probably expected a little bit more from ancelotti but i do but we can't pull all this at, at his door in terms of the blame this is the culmination and the manifestation of years of diabolical recruitment of it's not being thought out it's been it's been a scattergun approach there's been panic buys there's been Kev was right earlier on you know we're, we're looking at players at the wrong end of the career we've got the wrong motivation to want to come to the football club I looked at Leicester yesterday at that cup final, you know, sitting here absolutely envious as anything. What I would give, what I would give, to be at Wembley with my friends, with my dad, with my family, to be and, and to sit there watching my club and to, and to ha- enjoy those moments, watching watching players on the pitch give the the commit the level of commitment and the effort that those Leicester players did yesterday. Look how much it, it meant to them. You do not see that from this Everton squad. They they look like they're going through the motions, like like Warren said, just picking up the pay packet and moving on. They don't care enough. I pointed it. Look at the look at the handball incident in the first half. This is just a a microscopic incident in in, in a much bigger picture. What, why aren't they going mad? Why aren't they all surrounding the referee going? That's a penalty. It was a penalty. It's just like nothing. It just glossed over. They don't care, and I'm sick of. Feeling this way, the way I am, the way you all are, the way everyone listening to this podcast will be feeling this evening. Absolutely gutted, sick to my stomach. Yet, looking at the players wearing the shirts of the club I love, feeling anything but, I'm absolutely sick of it, Mick. I'm, I'm really, I'm devastated tonight after watching that and the way this season's turned out. It, it, it's been pretty inevitable for a long time. But now that it's actually happened, it sort of just sinks in, doesn't it? An absolute wasted opportunity of a season. Players that don't care. We, we have got a job and a half in our hands to, to, to turn this round because the club is rotten from top to bottom.
2: Benny, it's strange, isn't it? I mean, you look at the starting lineup tonight and you see, you know, Jordan Pitching goal. Most Evertonians would say, Yeah, happy with him. We're happy with Godfrey, happy with Luca Dean, Hamas Rodriguez, Alan, De People would say Richardis and calvert Loom. We're happy with There still should be enough in this team to be doing more at Goodison Park, you know, Sheffield United at home, Burnley at home, and the list goes on. It is totally unacceptable for me. doesn't matter who's in charge. It's unacceptable. So
4: do you think that Evertonians are right to expect more from Carlo Ancelotti? Oh, completely. Now, you look at it, if you're going to praise Everton's away performance and the tactics, which we do, we set up with a real identity away from home, and I feel like the players are coached to play away from home, and we praise the tactics. We've had some brilliant results this year away from home. Then if you're going to praise them, then you can almost guarantee you're going to criticise the home performances and tactics. It's just not good enough. I don't know what we're trying to play. I don't know. One win in 2021 at home is a disgrace an absolutely disgrace. Like, you look at some of the teams we've played as well, it's Bar Southampton, the, the win, we've lost to Fulham, who have gone down with a whimper. We've lost to tonight, Sheffield United, gone down with a whimper. It's Burnley, who are right down there. It's since that last September, last year, how long ago does that feel? How oh, great were times then when we were just rushing teams aside? And I, I don't know what happened. We were solid. We were scoring goals. We were... Winning at home, and something's changed ever since that West Ham game at home at the first game of the season. We don't know what we're doing, we, there's no game plan, there's no tactics, and I, I just couldn't see what we were trying to do today. I, I know we played like a 5 3 2 with the wing backs, but Lucas Dean wasn't getting forward, Seamus Coleman was just putting balls into the box, and none of our midfield wanted the ball tonight. today. So I can't tell you what the tactics are. If we're going to play them tactics with the five at the back, then you need your two fullbacks to to push round. But that wasn't happening. They're supposed to be getting in around the back of the defence to make the chances, but it wasn't happening. On paper, Mick, that team tonight should have swept aside Sheffield United. So what have they been doing all week? What have they been working on? Because Sheffield United came with a game plan. They got an early goal for a player who was at loan at Crawley or Chorley for the first half of the season. 17-year-old kid and they've nicked the goal and gone, right then, Evan, up to you to come and break us down. And we just haven't had the, the power to do so. And you look at your Allen, he was a Napoli Champions League central midfielder. Decore was, a, is a, for me, one of the best midfielders around, box to box. Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin, they, they scored 15, 20 goals to Calvert-Lewin this year. I think he touched it four times this year. So I couldn't work it out. We were playing this system this identity and try to get it out wide and then we just cross it into the box and just have Calvert-Lewin in there. I I don't know what the game plan is. and Me, for one, are getting a bit fed up of it, to be honest. Away from home, we've got a real identity solid about us. We we go away and we sit back like teams do to us and go, come on then, come at us. And we nick a goal and we're defensively solid. But when we've got to go and chase a goal at home and if we don't score first, we're not scoring. And Ancelotti needs to be doing a lot more in training and coming up with a lot more. And people are going to be saying this isn't his squad. This isn't his team. Four out of the 11 plays tonight were his signings. And it's it just wasn't good enough. God- Godfrey made a bit of a mistake for the first goal. James is one and quite rightly touched on today. I felt like he was a bit fed up, so we started volleying people. Because I think if I was on the pitch and I was trying to press us as far forward as he was, because he was trying to get on the ball, and I'd be kicking people up in the air as well because I would have been fed up and sick to the bone of it of no one else helping or trying. And he was one of the signings. Decorey the didn't want the ball. His first touch, his second touch was a tackle tonight. Don't know what was going on. He couldn't get hold of the ball. Alan didn't really want to know. And the commentators alluded to it in the uh, second half. David McGoldrick getting referred to as Zidane. Are we making players look that good? Now, David McGoldrick is nowhere near, for me, a Premiership footballer. His championship are best, and our team tonight have made their team stand out. Now, at home, Mick, we're just getting beat, not by ability, by sheer passion and determination from the other teams to come to Goodison and get the three points, and it's not good enough. Now, as Kev rightly said, if the fans were in that ground tonight, they wouldn't be they wouldn't think that was acceptable. They would be booing and they'd be getting on the backs of Carlo on the team because the home form isn't good enough. I think it's the worst home record we've got ever in the Premier League. That's What What is that about? What are we doing? We've got a a so-called world-class manager. For me, he is. But he he hasn't got a tune-off. This squad at home, it's it's not good enough for the fans. And if there was 40,000 angry Evertonians in that ground tonight... They wouldn't be happy at all. They would not. One win in 2021 and five wins, is it, Mick, this year, I hope, in 18 games. this an absolute disgrace again, and I can't go into it now. Going back to my first point and answering your question, Mick, if we're going to praise Ancelotti for these away performances and tactics and, co- and coming away with the wins, then he's wide open for criticism for his home form and tactics because it was defensive. We played eight defensive players against Sheffield United at home, leaving only three players further up the field. It's not good enough for me, not good enough at all, and he needs to be he needs to answer um, that criticism. And he's come out, uh, I'm reading the post-match um, interview on Twitter, and he's come out and apologised and said he's embarrassed and that he has to take some of the blame and he's right, he has to. So he can't escape criticism from me, Mick, and from all Evertonians, because if we're going to praise him, he's got to get the criticism as well. And it needs sorting out for next year. It needs to change, because we won't stand for it as Evertonians.
2: Kev, you know, a 5-3-2 formation at home to Sheffield United, and given that our home form has been so poor all season, do players now start to question the manager's tactics and philosophy when we're at home, do you think?
0: Yeah, well, I think I think they'll have to look at themselves first. Um, tactic-wise, uh, they more or less played the same way, didn't they? Played three at the back, the wing-backs. Um, but they seem to play it better. They play more on the front foot. I think when you do play that way, um, you've got to play on the front foot. And your two wide players, in Coleman and uh, Didier, have got to play a, a lot further forward. But they seem to push them two players back to make it a five rather than a three at the back. So uh, all of a sudden, it becomes null and void to me, um, that system. So you've got to change it. Maybe you should have changed it, it sooner. Uh, Mason Olgate looks so out of touch at the moment and, and so foreign to that position. He doesn't know if he's playing right centre-back or a right back. He doesn't want to go forward. He doesn't want to join in. Um, look at their centre backs. Look how they joined in. You know, they, they were going, they were overlapping the wing backs sometimes. Um, but we just seem to be so rigid at the back. You know, we play very, very rigid. I thought tonight we had too many touches. I thought if you counted the amount of touches that uh, Keane had on the ball, was was much too many. You know, you got to have one touch or two touches as a centre back. Just keep it going, keep it moving a lot quicker. But what we're allowing them to do when we have three or four touches, and the same in midfield, is we're allowing them to get bodies behind the ball. And as you see, seen, you know they frustrated us, and we're giving the ball straight back to them. I thought our two midfield players played too deep, uh, DeCorey and Allen. Um, if Reedy come and got the ball off me, I'd be shouting, it. I'd be shouting mad at him. Get away from me. You know what? What can you do that I can't do? Um, it, it's, it's, you know, and that that's the way the games go in these days, where midfield players come into the back four or the back three to take the ball off you. You know, just, what does that say about you? You know, you're not good enough on the ball. So then, midfield players have got to play a little bit further forward, especially when really, if you think about it, we only play with two in midfield. Um. You know, Rodriguez, I don't know where he was playing today, if he was just given a, a free roll or what, but it just didn't seem to have any continuity for me in the way that we were playing. That shape, I, I'm not too sure about the shape of the side. We, I just don't know uh, what shape we're actually playing sometimes. You know, uh, are we playing with a four at the back? Are we playing with a three at the back? It just seems so, yeah, it, it's disjointed. Um, I don't think we've got the players to be that versatile in the way that we play. I'd like say that that to me is is got to be addressed, and you've got to have a look at it and see what we're going to be bringing in. Um, you know, it tells you something if we're not blooding the young lads. We've had a look at them and they've they've been sent out on loan, um, and, may, and maybe not good enough or not or not quite ready yet. So if that means they're not quite ready, then it looks like we're going to have to go out and and get players. You know. Um, in the positions that we've been talking about tonight especially if we want to go a 4-4-2 um, so if we go 4-4-2 you've got a pace in your side especially in the wide positions but we're just depending on Digney to give us a bit of quality on the left or are we giving Seamus Coleman a little bit of quality on the right to, to put crosses on and if you think about it tonight I think it was I think Digney put quite a few crosses in second half but obviously they weren't quality crosses I think Seamus maybe put one or two, that's all. Um, but we've got, we've got no forward-thinking players that can actually do that. Um, I, yeah, it's a worry, really, because, you know, where do you stop on the recruitment side? You know, because if you look at it, you could look in every position tonight and say that we need somebody other than the keeper. But then again, we need a, a good number two to be pushing, because I think that's helped um, Jordan this this year with somebody pushing him and him not being picked as a number one. He's got somebody pushing him all the time. Um, and also, if he's got that quality in the training, then, it, you know, you're improving yourself as well. So, uh, other than that position, I would say that you'd be looking in every position to to actually get better. Because if you don't, then we're going to be in the same predicament as we are next year, as we have been this year. You know, proving that we can do it on the odd occasion, um, but not enough. But, and if it wasn't for our away form this year, then where would we be? we'd be in the bottom half of the league, not the top half of the league. Warren,
2: I'm just looking at some results and we've had Sheffield United, Aston Villa, Burnley, Fulham, Newcastle, West Ham and Leeds United all come to Goodison and walk away with the three points. And in those games, we've only scored two goals. So are you a little bit disappointed that there hasn't been a plan B when we are at home against these sort of teams?
3: Absolutely, Mick. Yeah. Um, and it, it stems back, I think, to David Moyes. I always remember David Moyes when we were all cursing and, and we had a great period under Moyes. He struggled with a plan B. Martinez struggled with a plan B. Koeman struggled with a plan B. Silva struggled with a plan B. And these managers struggled with a plan B. I always remember Benitez at Liverpool. And we, they went down to 10 men. he made one substitution and, and changed the whole shape of Liverpool. And the beat was 1-0. I want a manager who can make one change because he's got that versatility on the bench that he can send him on and change the whole shape of the game and make the opposition think about what we're doing. Whatever change we make, we know as Evertonians, that's not really going to change the shape of the game. That's not a tactical change that will make the opposition think, what are we going to do to to stop this? And I'll go back and we've all said it it's the lack of pace. We've got no pace on the bench, we've got no pace in the team. And our, our favourite ball is backwards. You know, we got a free kick tonight. Dina took it and it went back to Pickford. We get throw-ins continually. When we're pushing them back, the ball should be back in play as quickly as possible into the corners. It goes backwards. And then we faff about till they've got 11 men behind the ball. And we've got to start again. And we start again. And, we, and it's so laborious watching it. We need the plan B. And we want a coaching team because it's not solely down to Ancelotti. You look at Pep Guardiola, you look at all the top managers in the world. They have a backroom that are are making the decisions for the managers. So it's not just Ancelotti. It's all of them have got to have an idea about what we need to do to change the shape of the game, whoever we're playing. And, you know, we've been away from home and we've gone 1-0 up and we've sat deep. That's what all those teams you've just mentioned have done to us, you know, and I just hope Ancelotti and, and his team can bring in the players because we're hamstrung as well by transfer bans. You, you can't keep bringing players in, bringing players in, bring, because it's about how much you spend. You've got to be so careful because what we don't want is a point deduction because if we'd have had a point deduction this year, we'd have been dragged into the, the Maya at the bottom. So he's got to go out and sign three or four players. He's got to offload some players first because we can't keep Having these the the Bernards, the Awobis, and all those players as hangers on on big salaries, and then he's got to go out and bring three or four quality players in, some with pace that can link the back to the front, because at the moment there is absolutely no linkage between our defensive midfield and the, the and the and the Charleston and Calvert Lewin. So he's got to go out and get that linkage. And if he buys two new wingers who can. Pl- Stroll across the number 10 role as well, but we've got pace. That's what we need, but he needs three or four players who will make a difference. Seamus Coleman, we all know Seamus Coleman's an old man or in Premier League terms. We need a new right back. So that's got to be something, you know, maybe Godfrey can fit in there if, if Mina and Keane are going to play centre-halves. I don't know what, what, what formation he wants to play. All I want is a team that will come out and gave 110%, and you know we're going to push the opposition back, particularly at Goodison Park. Now, I will say, if we had 40,000 Evertonians there tonight, as soon as Sheffield United scored, it would have been a completely different kettle of fish But there wasn't, and the players didn't raise the game. It's like a, you know, a kick around uh, a Finch farm, which isn't good enough. There's no urgency. So, yeah, he's got to have a plan B and that plan B, he's got to use some weeks not use other weeks, uh, and he's got to bring three or four players in who've got pace, who are of absolute quality and not nearing the end of the career because, the, you know, Kev's right, we're bringing players in that are near the end of the career, they just want a last payday before they go and hang the boots up or they go on to coaching. That's not what Everton wants, and Ben said about Leicester yesterday, anybody who watched that yesterday, it was nothing, you know, your heart must have been pounding wanting Everton to be like Leicester yesterday because every single one of them players wanted to win. Tonight, none of them Everton players wanted to win and that was the difference for me. And I want to see players with heart, with passion, with skill and with pace that can make us feel excited about watching Everton because at the moment... I don't feel excited about watching them because we know ultimately what's going to happen at the, the end of the 90 minutes.
2: Lee, I'm just seeing all the reports coming out now and we've got Carlo Ancelotti saying, you know, he's slightly embarrassed. Um, Jordan Pickford has actually come out and said something very strange. And he says that Sheffield United have won at Goodison Park purely down to their attitude. That, that that's, that's a real, it's almost a dig at, at the other Everton players, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, you know, rightly said, Pickford's probably the only one who comes out of tonight with any sort able to hold his head high. Um, he's been top man now for, for a good couple of months. His performance has been excellent. So he's in a position to make comments like that. Obviously, what he's watched in front of him tonight was, you know, we don't need to carry on describing. I think we've done that already. Um, but there's one thing pointing towards a lack of ability. You know, the poor recruitment uh, and, and being beat about, beaten by a better side or maybe being cursed with injuries, whatever, whatever. But when you're questioning the attitude, which it looks like Ancelotti and Pickford are doing, you know something's symptomatically wrong. And it does look like there's just something not right with that group of players. I'm seeing comments on Twitter of a similar, similar nature. You know, these performances are far too frequent, far too, too similar. Nothing seems to be changing. You don't see them giving, giving themselves a G up between them on the pitch. They don't seem to be fighting for each other. Um, and it's, it's obvious to anyone watching Everton this season that the attitude isn't right. They don't apply themselves properly. The amount of missed opportunities we've had. These are professional footballers. They're meant to have pride in their performance and their output. They're playing for historically one of the biggest clubs in England under one of the best managers historically in Europe. And that's the best that they can come up with. I'm sorry that that just doesn't ring true to me. Um, and the lads are right in what they're saying. I think if they were playing in front of 38,000 at Goodison during the performances that you've just listed then, Mick, um, <laughs> they wouldn't have had as, as an easy ride as they've had uh, to this point. I think they've got, got away with it because they're playing in front of an empty stadium. And it does just look like a kick around in the park. It doesn't look like they care. And that's what I hurts. I want to see players who, who, who fight for the shirts, who are passionate, like I say. Someone who gets me off the edge of my seat. Uh, I've mentioned this lad's name a couple of times now, Mick, but where's, where's Nkunku gone? He wasn't even on the bench again. And we, we keep talking about this word, pace. We've got a chronic lack of it. There's none of it in the squad. That, that lad's got pace and he started the season absolutely brilliantly, quick, exciting. Used to get in behind. To the byline, pulling crosses back, little bit of skill. Got you on the, on the edge of your seat. Okay, he came in and had a poor game against Newcastle. I think it was. So he's been afforded one mistake. How many mistakes have countless others of these useless, useless plays that we that we've seen tonight? They've had many more opportunities than one, and let let us down on countless opportun- uh, on countless occasions this season. So where, where is he? Josh King hasn't even had a chance. I think someone said he, he had a little bit of a knock and that's why he was out tonight. But even before that, he's not started a game. We haven't been good enough to turn around and say, we're keeping Josh King out of the side. You know, give him a chance. You know, If something's not working, change it. And give other players a chance. Give the youth a chance. And what I'd like to see now against Wolves and against City, Europe's finished. We're not going to get Europe. Play the kids. Drop these players who don't care. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the attitudes of Richarlas and James Rodriguez. These big players, they don't care. And that's what hurts the most. So they're absolutely right. They're calling out the attitudes and they're only they're only saying what us fans are seeing week in, week out, thousands of us. So it's not really a surprise. Just not good enough, me.
2: Ben, it's tricky, isn't it? I mean, you have to have faith in and, and trust in your manager. You know, you, when we talk about Nkuku and Josh King, you have to have trust that your manager is seeing these guys in training week in, week out, and maybe thinking, you know, they're just not up to it, they're just not good enough or their attitude's wrong or whatever. But I think that's what's frustrating a lot of Evertonians tonight, isn't it? That even though Anchotti is doing that and everyone will back him,
4: there is still no plan B, is there? No, you can see every time we play at home, we go 1 0 down. You've talked about them results before, to where uh, it's a warrant. It's sickening. What an opportunity we've missed this year. I can, you can say we've got quite lucky away from home, but I feel like there was a real game plan and a real desire. And we knew, everyone knew their roles who was doing what, who was playing where, who was going to pass to who. But at home, Mick, I, 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 for one, cannot give you an answer of what's gone wrong. I really, really don't know. I, I just, I can't put my finger on what it is that do they not want the ball? Are they just too scared to like get pressed? Because our midfield today was just getting hammered. They were just overswamped with players because they were just stopping us playing through the lines. And when they stop us playing quite narrow, as Kev's quite rightly spoke about, we've got no other pace or we, we can't get around the back of teams. We've got no plan B, as you say, because we've got no pace. Look at Crystal Palace and your Newcastles. They can just get the ball to that Saint-Maximum or that Eze, the Palace have got. And who are watched today, by the way, and I thought was brilliant. Direct, quick, skillful, can take on players. We haven't got anyone like that. We've got James, who is quite skillful and got a wand a left foot, but he can't go past players. I'd actually argue that our biggest threat of actually going past players is probably Ben Godfrey because he's the only one who's quick. He can actually move. But apart from that, when teams come in and sit, we can't break them down. Now we've got probably got what we got. This window coming up now is going to be massive, massive again. And like I've said before in previous podcasts, feels like a bit of a groundhog summer. But we really need pace out of anything. We need players that can play on the break, can play on the last man, can get in behind teams because that's what we, we need desperately today. That game tonight was was screaming out for pace for me. If you could bring on one of these players, you can beat a man who can get in behind. You could put Sheffield United on the back foot, where all they did today was sat And this 17-year-old kid, runners ragged up front a bit like uh, Ollie Watkins did to us the other day. Villa played very, very similar, like similar to how Sheffield United play. And I'm just wondering if teams are watching how other teams come to Goodison Park and set up and go, well, we'll just copy that model because it's worked for them. And the results we spoke about before, these teams who are below us, it's, it's working. Now, when we play the so-called bigger teams who are in and around us, we perform better. Your Tottenham's, your Liverpool's, your Chelsea's, your Arsenal's, them types of games at home because they're going to come on to us. So we treat it like an away day and we get the results. But when a team comes in and sits in and, as you say, camps and doesn't let us come out of our half, then we can't break these teams down. There's no ball over the top because Calvert-Lewin hasn't been holding up as well as, as he has been at, at the start of the season. Richarlison hasn't been in it at all for me for the past 10 games. He Since the derby, when he scored that great goal, he, he's done nothing. He hasn't really kicked on, which I thought he would have. and He's only scored six times in the Premier League this year, which I thought was quite a a strange stats I'm pretty sure Carlo challenged him to get 20-30 goals this year as he did with Calvert-Lewin when we were scoring for fun at the beginning of the year and I don't know what changed um, I think he changed it around we started to concede a few at home didn't we I think we conceded two for Brian but we, we scored four at home we were scoring but we were conceding at the same time and I don't know what's going on. I don't know if we jinkered it around to try and stop conceding and we've just lost all attack and flair going forward because we've got nothing. We have got nothing going forward. It's I don't really know where we go from here, to be honest. It's just I've got my angry phase out the way on this podcast. I'm now on the uh, just utter oh, disbelief. I just feel like we've missed a massive opportunity. I'm upset, I'm frustrated, I'm angry. I just give up. The season's over, we're done and I just hope to God we sort out the issues we need to address in the summer because once again it's a massive summer and Marshall Brands as Kev rightly said has got his new contract and he needs to deliver this summer he's got to deliver he's got to get players out the door and he's got to get the right personnel in who's going to take us to the next level because at the moment I just can't see it
2: and on that note guys thanks for joining me as always Lee, Ben, Kev and Warren thanks for joining me thanks for listening Everton season all but over due to another dismal home performance and this time we fall to a defeat at home to Sheffield United. We will be back Wednesday on the 19th which is Wolverhampton Wanderers at home which is a 6pm kick-off. In the meantime stay safe, take care and don't think about Everton because we certainly won't be thinking about Everton. Thank you.